I'm going to offer prayer for our offering as well as the morning pastoral prayer in the same prayer. So, gentlemen, if you would come forward, and we're going to be receiving your tithes and your offerings. Let us pray together. Our Father, our hearts go out this morning to many for various reasons and circumstances. We pray for Christian Roy. We are thankful for the success of his surgery, but yet, Lord, know that it was a difficult one, one with complications and a discouraging thought of having to go through this again. We know that it's a, a real trying time for not only Christian, but for Tammy and Paul as well. And we ask for your grace for them this day. May you encourage them. May they be uh, just overwhelmed with a thought of your love and your, your care for them. We know that the evil one uh, is at work seeking uh, whom he may devour. And we ask that you protect them from uh, doubts and from hurts and heartaches. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, give them an ability to rejoice in you and in your goodness, even in the midst of all that they are presently facing. I thank you that Nancy Fester is able to be with us this morning and the answers to prayer that that is. Uh, we rejoice in her presence and ask that this would be uh, incredibly encouraging to her and to us as we see your, your faithfulness. Pray for Frances Arnick, who had a slight stroke on Monday, but are thankful that she's been discharged. We know her physical conditions and limitations and Lord, we commit her into your care. Greg Pence, who also was in the hospital but discharged, but will have to have a procedure soon. Uh, we pray for Greg and all that he is experiencing, for Hershey and uh, his many health issues, uh, Kathy and Mar Marvin Simmons as they recuperate, Helen Walker, who will be uh, having uh, a pacemaker implanted on November the 30th, and uh, Lord, for our missionaries, we pray for Dwayne uh, Moyer, thankful for his work on the Board of Missions, and uh, for Kyle and Jenny and Trey, and uh, Lord, uh, give them a, a wonderful uh, holiday season, and we pray that uh, you would cause them to be effectual in their, their ministries, and uh, may they uh, just be able to rejoice in, in your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, as we receive these tithes and offerings this morning, we acknowledge that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Lord, may we see ourselves as stewards. May we be thankful for the opportunity to give because we give back what you have given to us. And may we be mindful of the many people around this world who are in such hardships and difficulties and terrible situations. Uh, Lord, uh, be with them and help them and help the ministries that are taking the name of Jesus Christ to them. Uh, Bring glory to yourself and relief to your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we are going to give you opportunity to offer publicly your thanksgivings to God for all that he has done for you. Before we do that, we're going to have a brief meditation that comes from Psalm 107. I invite you to turn there. I'm going to work through this very, very quickly and briefly. Psalm 107, to prepare our hearts for the giving of thanks. 
In Psalm 107, it begins with what we are to do. It says in Psalm 107, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. What's to be, uh, why is it to be done? And to verse 1, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who's to do it? Verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And how is it to be done? Well, they're to say so. They're to speak of the Lord's loving kindness, of the Lord's goodness, of the Lord's faithfulness. And according to verse 32, it's to be done publicly. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the trouble. Now verse 32, let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So we're to come together and we're to praise the Lord and give thanks to him for his loving kindness and steadfast love that endures forever. All of us who know the Lord have experienced God's steadfast love and we should be thankful. In this psalm, we're going to learn that each one of our testimonies at one and the same time is unique and yet similar and shared by all. There are aspects of our testimonies that are directly related to our own personal experiences and circumstances. But there's another aspect of our testimony that is true uh, of all because they reflect the Lord's steadfast goodness in each of our lives. There are four sections of this psalm that I want to look at briefly, but I'm just going to basically read the verses. And I want to emphasize in each section the commonalities and the uniqueness of the testimony. All right, the commonalities and uniqueness of the testimony. So the first section, a problem is stated. And in each one of these sections, the problem is unique. The problem stated in verses 4 and 5. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Next comes a cry for help. That's universal in each of these sections. Verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The Lord's response. It's the same in each section. There is a general or universal response at the end of verse 6. He delivered them out of their distresses. Then there's a specific response that is unique to the problem that's stated. And that is, verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. It's directly related to their having wandered in desert and wastes. He met their needs. He delivered them. There's a call to thanksgiving, which is the same in each of these sections. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And then there's a final application. He has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul. He has filled with what is good, unique to the passage. Now there's a second section. Notice, there's a problem that's stated. Verse 10, some sat in darkness and, and in the shadow of death. Prisoners in affliction and in irons. You see, it's different. The first one was they wandered in waste places. Here it is, they are in 
darkness, shadow of death, for they rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their heads, uh, hearts down with hard labor. They fell down and none to help. Now comes the cry for help, which is the same in each of these sections. It's the universal solution. Verse 13, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The same as verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The Lord's response. There is a general response, which is the same. Verse 13, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 6, and he delivered them from their distress. And then there's a specific deliverance that is unique to the problem. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Then there's this universal call for thanksgiving. It's the same. Verse 15, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Same as verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And the final application is unique, specific to the problem. For it shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. I know I'm going fast. I'm going to continue to go fast. But I will make one simple application at the end. Okay, so hang with me. The third section, the problem stated, verses 17 and 18. Some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. The cry for help. The same in each situation. 19, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Verse 13, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Verse 6, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The Lord's response, it's the same. Verse 19, he delivered them from their distress. Verse 13, he delivered them from their distress. Verse 6, he delivered them from their distress. But then there's a specific and unique application. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. It's a particular deliverance that's in keeping with the problem that's stated, having wandered in their sinfulness. The final application, verse 22, let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Section 4, the problem stated, verses 23 to 27. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business of the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. And they reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at wit's end. So there's a universal cry for help. Verse 28. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Same as verse 19, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Same as verse 13, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Same as verse 6, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The Lord's response. Verse 28, and he delivered them from their distress, like God always does. Verse 19, he delivered them from their distress. Verse 13, he delivered them from their distress. Verse 6, he delivered them from their distress. And then, Specifically situated to their situation, the deliverance. Verse 29, he caused the storm to be still. It had raged. God delivers them in keeping with the particular need. So the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired heaven. So the response should be the same. 
the universal call to thanksgiving. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31. Same as verse 21. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 15. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 8. Let them thanks, thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And then the final application, verse 32, let them extol him in the congregation of people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. I know I went through that extremely fast. But let me just make some simple applications. The point of the passage is the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Every single generation will know and experience God's steadfast love. Every single person here that knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior has experienced God's steadfast love. It's common to all. Our personal experiences differ. The way that we've experienced that steadfast love. The particular situation in which we've experienced that steadfast love may be different. People are going to stand and talk about God's goodness. They'll have a lot in common. But there are specific differences. The solution is the same in every single situation. Call upon the Lord. Call upon the Lord. That's what we have in common. Ever experience, that is the solution. Whatever the problem, whatever the trouble, whatever the misery, whatever the hardship, whatever the difficulty, it's always the same. Call upon the Lord. The answer is always the same. He delivers us in our distress. He delivers us in our distress. He delivers us in our distress. And so this morning, we're going to hear people, and they're going to talk about how they called upon the Lord. And they're going to talk about how God delivered them in their distress. It is common. It is universal. And then there's a specific application, and that is that he meets our need in keeping with what that need is. There's a specific way in which we experience God's steadfast love. Brought calmness when the storm was great. Brought repentance when people wandered in in, uh, sin and darkness. Brought them to a place of refuge when they were wandering in the wilderness. All of these things, okay? So they are, uh, at one and the same time, common to all and yet unique. And then, the call is universal. And that is that we are to give thanks. We are to give thanks. Each one of us this morning has reason to give thanks. Each one of us are encouraged to give thanks. And I'm using that phrase very intentionally. And that is to give thanks. Because there's a difference 
between being thankful and giving thanks. I'm not asking you this morning to be thankful. I'm not asking you this morning to just sit there inwardly to reflect and say, thank you, Lord. I'm asking you to give thanks. I'm asking you to offer thanks. I'm asking you to proclaim your thanksgiving. As in verse 32, let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Speak, speak of what you are thankful for. For you see, this psalm is about various situations, all of them different, and yet all of them the same. All of them different, but all of them standing in the need of the Lord's help. All of them different, but in each one, the person cries out unto the Lord. All of them different, and yet he delivers them. But he delivers them in different ways. And they're called upon to give thanks. We teach each other about God's enduring love. We teach, God, we teach each other about God's faithfulness. And we exalt God by demonstrating that his steadfast love endures forever for it covers each one of our circumstances, each one of our lives, each one of our stories are a result of God's steadfast love. So we're going to give you the opportunity uh, to uh, come and to offer your thanksgiving. But first we are going to pray for these shoe boxes. And we thank you for bringing them and supplying them. We thank God who ultimately gives us the wherewithal to be able to do that. We give back that which has been given to us. And um, we want to pray God's blessing upon these, these shoe boxes. They are going to be going to uh, third world countries. They're going to be going to people in hardship and difficulty. They're going to be going to refugees. Uh, they're going to be going to displaced peoples. They're going to be going to people who uh, are hungry, uh, who are needed uh, to be clothed. Uh, they're going to be going to the poor and to, to the needy. And I'm going to pray this morning for these shoe boxes that they would be a uh, source of encouragement, help. Obviously, they're not going to feed people forever. Uh, they're not going to be able to clothe people the way they need to be clothed. But a token of an expression of great love and concern. And, and people desperately need that. And we need to be reminded of it. Because we read the headlines in ways that are far different than the which the scripture speaks about people's plight and conditions. You know, this morning, uh, our hearts are still heavy because of those attacks uh, that took place in Paris. Uh, we're very mindful of the Thesans this morning, and uh, Thesans and all that they are going through as a result of that break-in and that, that robbery. There's, there's a lot of people that are, are hurt and, and suffering as a result of the sin and evil of this world. And in some ways, we can be compassionate on the one hand and hard-hearted on the other. Uh, we think about these refugees. Uh, we think about Syria and 
all the turmoil of what to do with these, these refugees, I just ask you to remind yourself of one thing this morning. And that is that a lot of people that are fleeing from Syria are Christians. And they are seeking to be out from under the, do, the, the uh, dominion and power of a corrupt and evil dictatorship. A religion that is persecuting them. So as you weave your way through all the intricacies and all the problems that are associated with terrorism and fear and, and what should our response be? Don't lose sight of individuals' plights and hardships and misery. And the Christians are dying around the world. And people refusing to take them in, refusing to help them. May these shoeboxes just be one little way in which we can make an expression of concern for the refugees, for those that are suffering around this world. Let us pray. Almighty God, our hearts are heavy this morning as we think about many, many peoples around this world that are experiencing hardship and difficulty for a vast many reasons. Maybe they are in parched and in uh, drought-ridden areas. Uh, maybe they are in situations beyond their own control. Maybe they're in situations that are a result of their own sinfulness. And then, Lord, there are so many that are experiencing persecution and hardship because of regimes, because of false religions, because Christianity is hated and attacked. So, Lord, first of all, keep us from undue fear. Let us remember that he who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Help us to rejoice in your sovereignty. Help us to be strong in you. Though hosts should fall at our right hand, may we remember that you can cause us to stand. So, Lord, uh, we ask for your protection. We ask for your well-being. We pray for the spiritual well-being of your people. Preserve them, especially those that are being persecuted for their faith. Uh, Lord, help them to see that your steadfast love endures forever. Help them to see your sovereignty in the midst of their suffering. Lord, may they call upon you, and may they experience your deliverance in their own way. May it be the simple peace that comes into their heart before they die. Uh, Lord, uh, help them. And we think especially of children being displaced, of witnessing atrocities, sometimes experiencing them themselves. We think of the Tysons' children who saw their parents beaten for their faith, easily to have nightmares and to be fraught with all kinds of terrible thoughts. Lord, preserve and help them. We pray for these shoeboxes that are going forth. And in one hand, we recognize the tremendous drop in a bucket, as it were, to the great needs that are present. And yet, Lord, a real instrument of grace 
in the hearts and lives of people. With this is going to go the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that people would be receptive. We pray that people would be open. Lord, I pray that there, there would be a just a great outpouring of your spirit and we might see many, 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 many people come to faith. And in coming to faith, see this world transformed. Lord, there can be revival. There can be renewal. We don't know what is in your plan and in your will. We just ask, oh God, that your will be done and that we would believe in your power. We'd believe in the power of the gospel and that, Lord, uh, you might deliver people from their distress and their heartache through faith in the Lord Jesus. We pray for the physical needs and ask that these shoeboxes might be just a moment of refreshing uh, sympathetic care. May it be a testimony that people are concerned, that people are aware, that Christians are moved and touched by their infirmities, and much more importantly, oh God, that you are touched and you are moved. Uh, Lord, may these boxes speak volumes of your great love and goodness towards your world. Bless these instruments of grace. We pray for those that are going to deliver them. We pray for the gospel message they're going to give forth. We pray for the witness that will accompany and uh, pray again that your spirit would move and work. In Jesus' name, amen. So at this time, we're going to give you...